Today's podcast is brought to you by the fine people at Flair. What a beautiful radio voice you have, Lauren. Flair, what the hell is Flair? Glad you asked, Craig. <laughs> Flair, a leader in workplace pay and benefits and is available for free to businesses of all sizes, distributing employee benefits to your new starters and entire workforce is now made easier with the Flair app. Wait, wait, wait. Back up a little bit there. Did you say free? Yes, I did say free. Wowzers. The Flare app is an all-inclusive platform with a marketplace of perks, retail discounts, well-being content, on-demand pay and salary packaging tools designed to help your employees pay go further. So get a demo of Flare now at flarebenefits.com and don't forget to tell them. Tarpod sent you. Listening to Tarpod. We talk talent engagement and mobility with the experts. That means you get the best info, knowledge, and advice with a side of fun. Now, here are the pair that sound younger than they look Lauren Sharp and Craig Watson. Hi everyone, welcome to Tarpod. I'm Craig. And I'm Lauren. And today's special guest is Harry Godbar from Flair, the head of strategy. Welcome, Harry. Welcome, Harry. Hi. Good to have you on. Now, a couple of things before we get going. Firstly, Harry shared with us that he's got a sore throat, but I think that's just him wanting to put on his husky voice. And secondly, single ladies, single ladies. We never ever ask um, when we do this sort of podcast. We don't usually ask a little bit about background, but I find it fascinating that. as you were industry innovation and science advisor to the Turnbull government overseeing the establishment of the Australian Space Agency. No way. I, I was. That was a little while ago. Um, oh, just, I spent just, uh, six or seven years in, in federal government. Um, oh, under both who the did Turnbull you murder for that? Um, oh, well, look, I, I think um, it, it, it was a really interesting time uh, and I think a, a pivotal time in terms of Australian technology policy. Uh, and you know, I had the, the uh, privilege of, of being able to work on the space agency, as you mentioned, and um, a number of really interesting financial services and technology-related um, policies like the consumer data right, which is our sort of economy-wide data sharing regime um, that applies to banking and other sectors. Oh, so, um, so and, cool stuff. So when they said so Australian I, space... While we're still talking about space, <laughs> did you get the offer to go to space? No, no, sadly not. Um, uh, we, we, we didn't... Um, we hadn't started launching... Uh, rockets out of Australia uh, at that time. Um, but I think thanks to the, the fantastic work of the agency since then, um, we have in fact started um, uh, launching out of out of uh, the, the northern part of Australia and um, we, we're involved in, in huge space missions uh, uh, all around the world in collaboration with other big wow. agencies. Um, but I think they, they tend to be uh, they tend to be somewhat too small to fit a person on them at yeah, this point. So back in Harry's day, the budget pushed to a, to a paper plane probably. That's about it. But it's a bit yeah, better no, since then. I, I believe right. fireworks were still legal back then in Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> but what we had have... <laughs> What we have got you on for today, though, Harry, is to talk about Flair specifically. So why don't you let the listeners know, you know, what, what does Flair do and what, you know, are your main products and solutions? Absolutely. Um, Flair is Australia's leading pay and benefits platform. Um, we are used by about a third of Australian workers when they start a job wow. um, to access the benefits that uh, are offered by their employers. And um, something that we've noticed, particularly over the last couple of years, is that uh, employees 
expectations have changed significantly when it comes to um, you know what they're um, uh, expecting when they start a job and the sorts of experiences that they expect to have um, as they progress through their career with an employer. Um, and that really uh, it has proven timely for a lot of our customers because uh, it's also been harder than ever to hire and retain staff. Mm. Um, you know, we're looking at um, unemployment figures, which came out today that, that keep uh, the unemployment rate at three and a half percent, which is you know a, a, almost a record low. It's the, the worst labor shortage that Australians have, have experienced in generations. Um, recruitment difficulty is is at a record high. So did you see uh, the Four so, Corners episode uh, recently that they were showing the labor shortages throughout Australia? And obviously we all concentrate so much on what's going on in the cities that mm. they were showing what's happening in regional Australia and some of the, the effects and flow on from there. And it's actually quite devastating to a financial sense of it mm. then throws back on the primary producers that we're not going to get, this is why our fruit and veg are going up. And things like that. That's, that's absolutely symptom. right. Um, in, indeed, and, and uh, you know, right across the country, uh, in both metro and regional areas, um, about two thirds of businesses say that they're experiencing severe difficulty recruiting. Mm. Um, there's a, a government body called the National Skills Commission that does a recruitment difficulty survey each year. Um, looks at the sorts of occupations that are. Uh, in, in severe shortage and also looks at how difficult businesses have it um, when they're looking to hire staff. And it's at a record high. It has never been higher um, in all the time that the government has been collecting this data. Um, and in fact, there was a, a, a good KPMG um, study uh, from earlier on this year that demonstrated about uh, seven in 10 Australian CEOs say that recruitment and retention of staff is their number one worry. Um, as they came into this year, and I suspect as the year has played out uh, and the situation hasn't alleviated um, despite lockdowns having, uh, you know, become a bit of a distant memory um, would make them even more worried at this point than they were at the start of the year. Mm. Hey, speaking of surveys, this you recently surveyed 7,000 workers in Australia around pay in the new economy, and there's a variety of questions and and um, data points mm. that you, you fell into, and you produced a... a white paper with EY on the results. So why don't you walk us a little bit through that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, I, th- I think it really uh, – the, the data we collected uh, came from employees right across the country, mm. um, across a, a large cross-section of industry, and the results really um, supported the narrative that we've just discussed around um, changing expectations and people leaving their jobs en masse, uh, often with – nothing in particular in mind, mm-hmm. um, but because they know that they want something different and that the way that they expect to work has changed. So um, what, one of the questions that we asked employees in that survey was, um, you know, have, have COVID lockdowns changed what you look for in a job or what you expect from an employer? And we found that uh, about 55% of people said yes. So the majority of employees in Australia have changed what they want from a job, that they have expectations now they did not have previously. Um, and when we dug further into what the sorts of reasons were that people cite for why they leave their jobs um, uh, through, you know, what's been termed the, the great resignation or, or, or um, you know, the great, the great reset, um, the great realignment, um, they say that they, they do so because they feel stressed about their finances, um, because they feel that their pay package has materially impacted their social health and their mental health. Um, and the, the, uh, critically, the majority of people left their last employer 
because they didn't meet their financial needs. So it's financial stress in particular um, that is becoming uh, the leading cause of employment churn. Um, and, and one of the conclusions that uh, our colleagues at EY drew as a result of this survey was that employers, uh, no matter their size, have uh, an imperative to review the sorts of financial and personal benefits that they're offering their employees, or they risk being left behind by those that do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very interesting when you when you think about the different sorts of demographics or categories of business and how um, these factors uh, affect them variously. You mentioned um, businesses in, in regional areas um, where there's a higher concentration of SMEs. Um, small businesses in particular are at a huge disadvantage. Um, a, a third of the private workforce um, is employed by, by SMEs um, you know, uh, uh, back in um, Malcolm Turnbull's days as PM, he used to refer to them as the, the engine room of the workforce, mm-hmm. the engine room of the Australian economy, um, uh, being able to to grow faster and create more jobs as a proportion um, than than the big end of town, the, the you know, ASX 100. But small businesses are at a real disadvantage because when you look at the ways that employers are able to um, cater for uh, employee experience, mm-hmm. um, to provide uh, resources and uh, uh, and experiences to their employees to make them feel valued and um, make them feel financially and and personally healthy. Um, uh, those service providers tend to be workplace consultancies that are uh, you know targeted at uh, large corporations and certainly priced for large corporations. Well, they tend to be um, you know corporate benefits providers that that um, will will get bigger margins out of bigger businesses because they might be um, you know, quite manual in nature um, or because they might target people on high incomes. Um, and so small businesses simply don't have the budget mm. to, to access the same resources. And this has led to um, another uh, interesting um, uh, sort of phenomenon that our research with EY uh, unveiled this year, which is that Australian employees are significantly underpackaged um, that is that uh, about a third of Australian employees don't have access to any sort of benefits program whatsoever. Um, and, and that comes uh, in stark contrast to appetite, uh, mm-hmm. where we know from uh, our experience that about three quarters of employees um, want to take up key financial benefits, um, benefits like salary packaging um, to help minimize their tax and make their pay go further. Um, but those at small businesses just don't have the opportunity to do it. So that's something that we at Flair have, have really taken to the heart over the last couple of years and tried to um, develop new and innovative models to, to address. Um, our mission as a company is to help every business make pay and benefits fair for every worker. Mm. Uh, and as part of that, uh, we have essentially re-platformed what uh, was previously uh, one of the leading uh, HRIS uh, uh, technology platforms in, in Australia and have turned it into a middleware that sits between um, uh, employers and employees um, and employment platforms. Um, so software providers like MYOB, for example, um, who uh, we're lucky enough to have recently acquired for uh, Flair uh, a couple of uh, a couple of months ago, and um, who have uh, significant uh, cut through with the SME market as well as yes. um, you know many many larger businesses, and so that sort of reach through being a, a platform based solution and being able to automate and and platformize uh, a lot of the the sorts of benefits like salary packaging, like superannuation choice, like um, you know real time pay. 
that uh, the big end of town are able to offer has meant that we can help solve that accessibility gap um, and provide uh, better and more efficient ways for SMEs to deliver value to their customers and to, to their employees. I find uh, the stats that came out of this white paper, one that really stuck out with me, that access to other benefits, 76% of those 7,000 surveyed said that salary packaging of the car phone and other expenses to save on tax was extremely important to them. Mm. Yeah, and that's trying to maximise your income, it, it We've got interest rates going through the roof at the moment as well, which is, well, they're not going through the roof. They're becoming a bit more normal. I just had this discussion. <laughs> but anyway, that's another podcast, I tell well, the, you. It's really interesting because the, the, the savings that people can make on things like salary packaging are, are, are little known, um, but, but are extraordinary. And, and, and uh, to give you one, one good example, uh, if you were to uh, uh, purchase a car on a novated lease, which means essentially you you buy a car, but then um, uh, engage in a finance arrangement where you're uh, paying in, in installments through your employer, uh, partly out of your pre-tax salary, on average, you tend to save about $6,000 a year. Um, and so over the life of a, a novated lease, which tends to be uh, three to four years, um, you're going to be saving over 20000 bucks on average, um, just in tax alone, which is more than the government's tax cuts would never be able to deliver um, the average households. Mm. Uh, similarly, well, I think that the core of that issue really is is financial literacy. It's the fact that um, these are, are fairly sophisticated products uh, technically, um, and they're products that a lot of Australians have, have never come across, um, mainly because, as we, as we discussed earlier, um, they tend to be offered by companies that will target people who are on a, you know, uh, C-suite salary buying a Maserati, yeah. um, as opposed to uh, uh, the average um, car value, which um, Flair Cars is able to to deliver an elevated lease to, which um, you know would be more like a, a Toyota Camry. I think is the the, the most popular that we've um, that we've leased. Um, th- those sorts of um, uh, kind of exclusivity factors have meant that financial literacy, when it comes to um, these sorts of uh, personal pay related decisions, has remained really low. Uh, uh, across Australia, and it, it extends beyond um, things like financing arrangements to uh, other key uh, household expenditure items. So, if you think about um, credit cards and bank accounts, uh, home loans, for example, um, only about uh, one in five Australians will change their home loan provider or switch their credit card in any given five-year period. Oh, really? um, despite the savings being available, uh, uh, totaling thousands of dollars in, in the case of a home loan, hundreds of dollars um, in the case of a credit card. Um, Harry, and we also opinion, know that the majority of Australians are going into credit card debt um, because they're unable to fund expenses between pay runs because um, most Australians get paid fortnightly or monthly. Here. Do you think that this lack of financial literacy, that it then falls into the unknown, so the fear of trying to tackle it, people just shy away? It's really interesting. Um, I, I think it's something that pervades the, the system from, from school level onwards. Mm. Um, you know, I, I had the opportunity to do some work in this space when I was in government, and um, one of the things that was clearest uh, from Treasury research was that um, it is most effective and, in fact, necessary um, for financial literacy to be taught uh, at school, from primary school through to high school, um, where people, when they get their first jobs, 
are already financially active and are, are discerning consumers when it comes to the financial products and services they use. And that's one of the things that I think Flair has been able to um, really help with activating. Um, you know, when you start a job, you're, you're sort of contextually at the moment where you're most likely to be thinking about your tax bracket. You're most likely to be thinking about what super fund you're with um, or what what sort of home loan um, uh, interest rate uh, is available to you, given that you might be on a new uh, salary bracket. You might be thinking about your health insurance policy and, and whether you've exceeded the threshold where you might start having to pay the Medicare levy surcharge. Um, and so uh, a, a lot of these a lot of these financial literacy factors are in fact workplace connected. Yeah. And something that we've found is that it's it's really an extraordinary opportunity for um, employers to leverage that trusted connection that they have with their employees in the workplace to help level up their financial health. But it's also something that really adds to an employee's experience at a company and adds to the the notion, the, the feeling that um, their employer is looking after them in a way that is more than just giving them a paycheck. Um, and we know that uh, you know about um, two in three Australian employees um, have turned to credit cards to, to fund um, expenses where their pay hasn't been able to um, to stretch between pay runs. Mm-hmm. Um, they're on average about $3,000 in debt. And yet, um, three quarters of Australians would never ask for a pay advance um, and would choose to go into debt. Uh, 20% of people um, choose to draw down on their mortgage or take out a personal loan um, to make a, an important purchase. And um, you know, the, the government's figures, the ABS figures, uh, demonstrate that about two-thirds of Australians are living paycheck to paycheck. So these are things that, you know, with less than $5,000 on average in savings, people are going to be thinking about every day. And we know from um, the EY research that we touched on earlier that these are the sorts of decisions that are making people leave their employers and switch jobs. Well, let's, let's bring it back to brass tacks then, Harry. So from a flair perspective, you, you said before some of the stats, you said that three quarters of people um, value, you know, benefits and, and, and financial uh, advice and, and access to it within the worst pl- workplace and that one third or less are providing it. And you talked about um, SMB all the way through to enterprise. Flair would support or, um, companies of, of any size? Absolutely. Okay, so um, how so, – I was going to say, how how then – because there's going to be people listening going, oh, hang on a minute, this is going to help us in both attraction and retention of um, of employees. So how would they contact Flair? How would they contact Flair to, to get some advice or have a discussion? Um, you can hop onto the website, which is flairbenefits.com, F-L-A-R-E benefits.com, um, and, and have a look at the, the platform, the app that we've released this year, um, and at the sorts of integrations that we have with um, most likely platforms that you as an employer would already be using. Um, uh, interestingly, uh, and, and fortunately for uh, employers, the Flare platform is entirely free as well. Um, so we, we don't monetize um, the relationships between uh, employers and employees or between employers and, and platforms like ours. Um, so if you're an employer and you want to be able to offer the same sorts of benefits that um, you know, your ASX 20 companies are offering, um, then you'd be able to do so without incurring um, any additional cost. And I think as a, um, a technology platform that has been able to make great leaps in automating um, a lot of the service delivery that's involved uh, in this space, um, it's, it's quite a unique proposition that we're able to, uh, to, to share with employers. But we think that it's um, part of doing the right thing um, mm. uh, by people at all ends of the Australian workforce, which um, is one of the core values that um, we hold close to our hearts as we develop products and services at Flair. 
I think it's a great offering, the fact that you can get small to medium enterprises to really be able to have those those. Uh, there's the larger company benefits and to have it all there for free. It enables them to compete for talent, right? So oh, yes. I think so. Everyone who's listening, flairbenefits.com, um, you know, you'll get more from visiting the website, mm. talking to someone there, maybe getting a demo than we could ever give you now. But, Harry, thanks so much for your time today. It's been amazing. And just to get a little bit of insight, a little bit under the hood. I know. And I think it's encouraging people too to sort of start becoming a bit more financially uh, educated. Mm. And the last couple of years have been a bit of a washing machine around you're unemployed, you're redundant, now we're going to make you redundant again, and, and interest rates and all of those things. So I think people need to be really aware of what's coming in and out of their bank account, not just for your employees, but all of you TA people out there listening to this right now, how often do you check yours? Mm, yeah. That's the question. It's not just about our employees. It's about the people who listen to us too. Like, That's right. And, mm, and on that note. So much to be educated. <laughs> and on that note, Indeed. It's a goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me, everybody. Thanks so much, Harry. Thanks for having me. Today's podcast was supported by Flair. Flair is the one-stop solution for onboarding, employee benefits and financial well-being. Cool stuff like novated car leasing, employee assistance programs and discount gym membership. Sounds just like what you need, Craig, at gym membership to shift those COVID kilos. Uh, I'll shift you in a minute. But do you want to know what the best part is, Lauren? Yes, I do. And I know what it is. What is it? It's free. (laughs) So get around them and contact Flair at flairbenefits.com. And don't forget to tell them, Tarpod sent you. Thanks for listening to Tarpod. And please don't forget to subscribe. And make sure you listen to the outtakes at the end of the episode. They're usually the best bit. You ready to go? The only thing I say is I've got a terrible uh, uh, sore throat slash lost voice at the moment. So, oh, it just makes um, you sound deep and husky. If my voice stopped you working, you might get some girls checking it? you out then on LinkedIn, <laughs> the new dating platform. LinkedIn, the new dating platform. <laughs>